Greetings, dear listener. You're listening to the Jaunty Mantis podcast. This is Jesse. This is Maddie. And we are presenting to you today a special bonus episode. True story. Yeah, why do we do these? Well, the Jaunty Mantis is released in seasons, 12 episodes per. And uh, the reason for that is so we have time to take a breather, get uh, extra recordings done, make sure we don't fall behind. So if you're listening to this, that means that we're in between seasons. We made it. (laughs) So we'll be back soon. And until then, enjoy this episode, this bonus episode. It's not necessarily about role-playing game topics, but it is very nerd adjacent. And we hope you enjoy it. Yep. Yeah, so what have you been up to in Baldur's Gate? Oh, God. Not sleeping, that's for sure, for damn sure. I don't <laughs> I don't know how much I went into this in our past episode, but you're hearing this again because I told our, our D&D group about it. But for the last couple of weeks, I've only been getting four or five hours of sleep a night. And uh, my phone has, has started sending me warning messages about, hey, uh, are, are you okay, dude? <laughs> and I just was like turning those settings off. Fuck you. Stop, stop trying to save my life. What is this pain in my chest? So, uh, yeah, so I have been playing a ton of Baldur's Gate 3, just an absolute shit ton of it. And I thought it'd be cool to kind of just do just to check in about some of the weird, fun shit we've done so far in the game. Uh, and how has your adventure been going so far in, in, in Faerun? Well, we didn't talk about it on the podcast, but I told you about this, but I'm going to tell it for the podcast. So there was, there was the, um, the statue stealing incident. Let's hear it. So I have a multiplayer game going with my buddy, Mark, one of my college roommates. Good, good dude. And, uh, he's running a little, a little rogue and I'm, I'm running a, a dragonborn paladin. Mm-hmm. And so we got to the, uh, Emerald Enclave and we, you know, the whole tension, I'm just like, Hey, I know what we can do. We can just steal the statue. I've got this potion of invisibility. I'll give it to you. You steal the statue and then immediately drink the potion of invisibility and it'll be fine. It immediately goes pear-shaped. They spot him stealthing in. He doesn't have time to drink the potion before (laughs) combat ensues. I'm getting attacked. We have the statue. We fight the four druids doing the ritual. Uh, A cutscene triggers Uh where, yeah, cutscene triggers where like, Kagra, I guess, sends a mental thought of like, it's time. And there's an animated movie of like a druid (laughs) beating the skull of a tiefling in with an iron tip staff. Um, I'm just, oh, that's weird how that happened. (laughs) Uh, So the combat ends. We've got the statue and I'm looking around like, where are the bears? Where are the druids that were guarding the path down here? You know, there's that little stone bunker next to the ritual circle. We go in there. There's no one in there Mm -hmm. except the one bird that was hurt still on the table. So, right. You know, I, I killed that. And (laughs) (laughs) of course, and then we walk back out and we're going to go back up the path. And I start noticing the combat text is flashing up with like Kagra casts heat metal. I'm like, what? what are we, are we being attacked? We weren't. We start walking up that path and that's when we start finding the bodies because what has happened 
is the druids have gone after the tieflings and we encounter like the last eight tieflings hold up bunker style and being overwhelmed by the druids in that room where the goblin prisoner is um fighting desperately for their lives there's three bears <laughs> that are guarding the door they come back after us we fight through we kill kagra by the time we rescue him there's like four tieflings left <laughs> uh zelvor or whatever his name is dead um mm -hmm. all the druids are dead um it's it's just terrible and so i'm poking around and exploring and i find that there is a secret passage that goes from the back of that prison room mm -hmm. uh all the way to the druid and they had just run through there and popped out to kill all the tieflings because we stole the statue mm -hmm. and i was like utterly horrified by what what we had caused <laughs> and so you know having a fit of conscience, we uh, looted every corpse but now have nowhere to sell it <laughs> you know yeah that's right and so next on the menu is is we're going to go kill everyone in the goblin camp oh god that's so fun we and should we probably that... go ahead we got that second session and do you know about the uh spider dungeon under the goblin camp mm -hmm. yeah we're in there now oh man that's so fun yes yeah i i um i think we should stay full spoilers <laughs> yes <laughs> so well, i mean that's i've done the same first three arcs of act one over mm -hmm. and over and over and that's as far as i've progressed <laughs> i am in act three i have gotten to Baldur's gate and okay. i i it's like on the hour every hour i want to start over again uh just because like i said in our previous one i've been save scumming the shit out of this game but my own but my only takeaway is that from from that experience is like whatever way you're playing the game and having fun is the correct way in my opinion but i for all my future playthroughs i want to do like my next playthrough i'm already thinking about i'm already like what class i'm going to play what i'm going to do all this shit and not not in the story but like the actions that my character wants to explore this the second time around and i want to do a a consequences playthrough no fucking reloads no save scumming because this game is so amazing at just allowing you to make whatever choices that need to be made and then you don't it, it the game isn't like giving you a negative consequence or a positive consequence it's just giving you consequences so you can just fully progress through the game even even the situation you're in like you didn't get a message that was like well the druids are dead or the tieflings are dead the druids killed them game over like you now have to play the rest of the game you know and so I, that's what made me think of what I want to do next is hearing, hearing about your little misadventure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other cool thing I did with my most recent start over is, uh, I, uh, I made a, a cleric of the knowledge domain, a blue dragonborn cleric of Tiamat. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we go past the Cambian mind flayer fight on the, the ship and I command the Cambian to drop his flaming sword. And he nice. does. I make it first time. I was totally going to save Scummit. I didn't have to. Nice. He failed the saving throw, drops it, run in, pick up the sword, go activate the helm, 
whatever we're out i've got the sword the moment we get withers i respec into warlock and then bind that fucking thing as my packed blade <laughs> so now my i'm like ah oh, the blade of the frontier you ain't shit man yeah i stole this sword from a devil in hell that's right you've already outdone him at his own his own shtick have you like because my character that i'm currently playing right now is a cleric of the life domain uh so i had no use for shadow heart uh through throughout uh, most of my playthrough which led to the ridiculous ease in rome in the romance section with her uh i had no trouble in the romance options because i was less like i just ask her stuff and then she was like i don't want to talk about it i'm like cool you stay back at the camp but then i found that i really needed a bard so i i used withers to respec her into a bard and she is just awesome just <laughs> fucking bards are so ridiculously overpowered in this game it's so fucking awesome like all the shit you can do with them and i have then i have respect a couple of other characters um are you are you in act two yet well how far you no. know you're still in act one okay yeah so i haven't a... i haven't the furthest i progress is my game where i took Berdine and put him in and he is like in the back chambers of the goblin camp looking for the prisoners to free volo because i feel bad about uh about getting him locked up for interrupting his song speaking of volo you talked about i want to cover i want to talk about this specifically i made a note to come back to this so you got a an eye change out from the witch or the hag i should say uh oh yeah i, I have now done that part but it didn't go down for me the way that you described it it was way worse <laughs> so oh i, I kind of left some stuff out yeah so no we made the deal you know she's like i can get that thing out of your head but uh you know you'll have to just let me take your eye out i'm like seems fair mm -hmm. <laughs> seems like a reasonable request she's like i'll need my real fingers for this turns into her horrid hag form oh my god does yes. the whole thing i get a couple chance to stop her or to strike and i'm just like no just go for it so she plucks my eye out does some stuff shoves it back in it's all green and milky now and apparently i have disadvantage on attack rolls against tags like <laughs> but what did it give result, you huh what did it give you disadvantage on attack rolls against <laughs> tags <laughs> like i can't i can't fight her now like oh wow see yeah. i didn't even get that option she didn't even offer that to me on my playthrough so i had to go i had to i had to get involved in that whole mess and go deep into her lair and that is some of the freakiest shit I have ever seen. Not in a video game in general, because there's horror games out there, but this was so effective. Like she is terrifying. Yeah, the hag no, the whole is terrifying. Have you had the whole thing? I'm sure you have, but you go into the swamp yes. and you make the investigation check mm -hmm. and see what's really there. Well, I drank out of the well and then found out what was really there. <laughs> Did you drink have out of the well? no i haven't have you talked to the frog with speak animals yes i did that frog's did. fucking lethal yeah that frog is insane yeah there there's a part where you can drink this very sweet smelling water out of the well and then it reveals the swamp for what it actually is and that there's dead bodies in the well and then you become nauseous 
it's it's uh and then I, I I had to go deep into the hags layer and there was all this like fucked up shit down there and I was just terrified like I went in through that whole I don't want to I don't want to spoil it but like I went through that whole for you for the audience I do but uh I went through that whole experience just kind of like on pins and needles because like the story elements that were shown to me about the hag scared the crap out of me the person behind the keyboard so yeah but speaking of uh speaking of eye related stuff i did let volo poke out my eye oh (laughs) i didn't know that was an option yeah sorry to spoil that for you he'll offer it well i don't know maybe he won't because you already got an eye replaced maybe you can get that one removed yeah that'd be great because i have disadvantage against tags like i will say this he clearly does not know what he's doing (laughs) (laughs) i've gotten that impression about him yeah um i I was looking something up just thinking about this because one of the things i found because i've never really paid much attention to the different things in 5e but uh there's a feature that came up for my knowledge priest i'm like oh this is actually legit good so i wanted to see what it was like in the tabletop game mm-hmm. uh channel divinity knowledge of the ages hmm. starting at second level you can use your channel divinity to tap into the divine well of knowledge as an action you choose one skill or tool for 10 minutes you have proficiency with that chosen skill or tool so the way it works in the game is you pick like a suite of related skills like persuasion intimidation blah 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 and you get uh proficiency with those through your next long rest interesting so but it's i'm like that's really good (laughs) yeah yeah there's a lot of things there's a lot of stuff that's really good uh but that that is awesome have you heard about the dorian gray thing no (laughs) i just watched this uh taliesin and evitel video where i think I, i think they coined the term for this uh I don't know. Uh, but anyway, do you know what the spell of warding bond is? You you know it because in our regular 5e game, my cleric has was trying to use it on your character, the fighter. Yeah. Um, you know, it so in, in 5e, this in the tabletop version, you get resistance to all damage, you get an, a bonus saving throws, bonus armor class. And then the caveat is that as long as you stay within 60 feet of each other, the caster takes half the damage that the uh or portion of the damage that uh that the person you cast the spell on takes so my plan was to use that with Berdine because as a fighter i figured he'd be up in combat and he'd be able to tank and take a lot of damage what i yeah, didn't it's appreciated on, what i didn't count on was that spell was ultimately going to be useless because some of our party has a very uh astute penchant for uh damaging the party <laughs> so like taking friendly fire to Berdine, the fighter and then my guy also getting it although thematically for the storyline makes sense is not good uh is not a good use of that spell no but, keep doing it because i'm uh i'm i'll need that when i resolve that issue <laughs> okay uh so anyway warding bond in Baldur's gate three does not have that 60 feet limitation on it so what they figured out was or somebody figured out was 
that you take a character you don't like that you're going to leave at camp and you know they're going to leave at camp. You have Withers respect of into a cleric. They cast <laughs> it on the person and then stay at camp and take half the fucking damage that that person <laughs> takes while they're out on adventures. <laughs> and in, in the video, Taliesin was like, yeah, I used this on Lazel because it's Lazel and nobody likes Lazel. And I was like, I love Lazel. Like, what, what like... It, you know, what do you think of this character, the the Githyanki interdimensional alien who's like really racist, but only at first? I mean, she's she's got her thing she's doing, and uh, her life has been a lot harsher than everybody else. She has some unprocessed trauma. She mm -hmm. just really wants to ride a red dragon. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, like straightforward. Um, I love. All I don't the know much about the Gith, like. Like this game teaches you a lot about him. Yonky. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually it's that's usually not a, a monster or race that, or a species that you encounter until like what, like level 12 or 15? I mean, and they then, ride dragons as mounts, so <laughs> like Yeah. No, Lazelle is a very complicated character and I love all the characters in this game and that's one of my biggest problems is like I don't like leaving them at camp because I love learning about who they are. And, um, you know, I just, Lazelle's story has been very appealing to me. I've been very sympathetic to like how she grew up and, and how she's changed over the course of like knowing me and the, and the group. And I just think she gets a shitty bad rap from people who are jokingly like, ah, she's an un, she's an unrelatable character. I'm like, good. I like unrelatable characters. I want to learn something. Speaking of unrelatable characters, in, in your playthrough, have you encountered the Dark Urge? I have not. What okay. is the Dark Urge? Well, that's that's one of your options in the beginning as an origin Yeah, so I wondered if it was out there as an NPC. Have you tried a Dark Urge, like, just playing around? No, I haven't. Okay. I've. Is this, like, the evil playthrough? I do, you don't have to be evil, but uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, he's he's got some urges that are uh, dark, and um, they influence conversation options. And um, mm. I I went up to the squirrel, you know, in the Emerald mm -hmm. Enclave, the one that bites mm -hmm. you and like chatters. And I'm just like, oh, it's so cute. I think the narrator's like, it's so cute. It's the most twee thing you've ever seen. And then you smile, and then it. My character just kicked the thing and killed it. Like oh, I wow. didn't even choose to do it. I just did it. <laughs> like grinning the whole time like because he's the dark urge so mm -hmm. um i suggest giving that a try to be horrified by your own self and now i kind of want to do that i've heard there is a mushroom in the underdark that uh lets you cure uh lost memories and he doesn't remember where he came i mean that's like half the party mm -hmm. he's like i don't remember what happened mm -hmm. uh, so Who's your who's your go to crew? What's your party in your in your single player experience? Like who do you got on your home team? Uh, your, the home your... team is Gale, Astarian, and uh, Shadowheart. Fucking love Gale. That's another character people don't like, and I don't understand why. He's so charming. Yeah, and he's smart. he's like he's like the Christopher Lambert Highlander mixed with something, and I can't quite put my finger on what he's like a combination of but he is so fun to play and i just love letting him prattle on and uh the shit he says in combat 
is fucking hilarious. And, you know, I have him, I have like, I have this issue where I keep wanting to cycle out different members of the party. So I've respect them a couple of times, even in their normal class, you know, back into their normal class to include a feat, the skilled feat or whatever, so that they also have like, um, you know, sleight of hand because I want to disarm traps and pick locks and shit. So multiple characters in my playthrough have sleight of hand very at a very, you know, at the trained level or whatever. And he's one of them. And so when he, when I go have him pick the lock, he goes, this seems like something a spell should be used for. (laughs) (laughs) Can he do it with his mage hand? Uh, I have no idea. I haven't tried that yet. That's a great idea. One of the things I heard about Mage Hand is like enemies will go after it. Hmm. So if you need a little sheet, you can throw up your Mage Hand like out in their face and they'll waste a turn going after your Mage Hand instead of you. Yeah. That's amazing because I just found a magic item that lets me cast Mage Hand as a bonus action. So I will have to put those, put the, put that item on Gale. Uh, Definitely. My, my current team is uh is gale carlac who's the tiefling barbarian uh and then a character you haven't encountered yet that doubles up on a class you'll have no matter what so i respect that character into a dual wielding paladin (laughs) (laughs) and that character tanks the fuck out of combat for me uh, so that's the current, uh, team I have now. Cause I needed a charming person. I needed a, 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 a wizard and I needed Carlac. Cause like this, like the thing with Carlac is, is once you realize that the berserker barbarian can throw people that toothpaste does not go back in the tube. Like, <laughs> like Lazel was my go-to. She was always in my group. She's a combat powerhouse. I love that character. I love what's happened. And she just sits on the sidelines now because Carlac is like, I got into this fight where, because uh, I have her up to a 22 strength right now. So like uh, with items and and whatnot. So like uh, I, I was in a fight where there were guys on the rafters shooting crossbows down at us. And she was, while raging, picking up, other guys and then throwing them all the way up to the rafters <laughs> and fucking knocking these archers either prone or off the rafters and that's the first thing i did once i respected is because i wanted to see what the options are because that's what i've been doing is like seeing what the different uh types of their subclasses are and i was like this character is going to be in my group for the rest of the fucking game this is way too much fun <laughs> Well, just on a side note, uh, I took a ride down to a game store today because they were having like some deals for their opening official opening weekend. So if you are in Norman, Oklahoma, faithful listeners, check out DM Dave's. It's a it's a great little shop. They have probably the best selection of RPG books like in probably in the state, Um, Hmm. like probably in the tri-state area, like you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I love it. The creator is a great guy. Um, or the owner is a great guy. Uh, but my buddy has not played Baldur's Gate three and, uh, hello, Chris, I know you're a listener. So I'm talking about you again. Um, he said, he was talking about how all of his players in his like five year running D and D campaign, um, like have all been playing Baldur's Gate 
three, so now they're all like casting guidance for like every skill check. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking. I was thinking about that, like as a thing for actually like in the rules, like. So what is that like? Do you just be like, say a prayer for me, Father, or just like, oh, I'll say a quick prayer for this person as they do it? What's the way to do it? That's not just like I cast guidance. Uh. I, the way I would do it is that it's always in effect as long as you're within X amount of feet of the, the caster. So it's a permanent cast that they put on themselves and you can make it as a part of like a morning ritual or prayer after a long rest that, you know, if you really want to make it thematic, I mean, it's a cantrip, so you can cast it as many times as you want. So really yeah. the only limiting factor, because I thought about this too, is like, how can I make use of guidance in the game without constantly announcing that I'm casting it? Because in our 5e game, it is kind of annoying for every time someone's going to, you know, use a skill. I, I, I have to hold myself back from being like, and guidance, you know, I cast guidance on him. So I wanted to actually pitch this to the group is like, what if we just made it a permanent effect that is always in play uh, as long as that skill user is within a proper amount of distance from the character who can cast it? What do you think about that? Uh, I think the limitation that it's concentration um, mm. is meaningful um, and it shouldn't be for everybody because you'd have to switch targets. Mm hmm. You know, I, I'd say go for like, I will say a prayer for you. <laughs> like, I don't, that's not as intrusive. Um, yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. I forgot it was a concentration effect. Yeah. Logru will probably make you fail, but perhaps he is feeling. <laughs> 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 that's awesome. Yeah. This, have you made use of the exploding barrels? Oh, uh, yeah. Like the fire wine barrels. Yeah. Uh, so they're depending on the order in which you do things, you can arrange a fucking domino style effect of fire barrels. Have you seen the video of the party of like four shirtless, like halflings, like yeah, doing the entire goblin layer where like one of them looks like George Lucas and the other one looks like, I think George Soros or something. And you start to think like, was this on purpose? Like, is this like <laughs> group of four naked George themed halfling barbarians? Yeah. I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that inspired me. So, um, did you make use of it? I mean, I don't have the patience to set up all the barrels like that, but I haven't done the, the domino effect, but I did something similar to defeat a boss where, I strategically placed the barrels so that I could take out groups of them. It just, you know, it just depended on getting the initiative soon enough to make it work. So it didn't go off perfectly, but you know, <clears throat> there's definitely enough exploding barrels in this game to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. You cool. sent me, you sent me an image with a goat as a background. What is that in reference to? Oh, I tried to screenshot it with a thing with the, it was like a Reddit post. It's like Baldur Gates mods have gone too far. And <laughs> but that text, it just sent you the picture itself and not that text on it. So it was just uh I probably a joke mod, or maybe not, where one mm -hmm. of the backgrounds is you were a goat for 10 years. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I'm 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 loving the game. I I'm I'm loving our little check-ins about it and the stories that come out of it. So We'll have to talk about this more in the future. Indeed. Maybe, you know. All right. Any closing things about Baldur's Gate 3? Because I have one that's going to shock you. 
Okay, go for it. I now care about Forgotten Realms. (laughs) (laughs) I do too. You know, we we had a uh, episode where we reviewed the D and D movie, and I said in that episode that I don't give a shit about Forgotten Realms, and that was true up until I played this game. I now think Forgotten Realms is pretty fucking cool. And it only took this game to to impress upon me the sheer scope and scale of what's happening in this universe in this in this setting. Uh, and that's so- like you're just on the sword coast. <laughs> like that is one I mean it's vast, but tiny fraction of like all the weird shit going on. Yeah. And you get to see Chris was telling me this, like the Netherese, like, you know, there's shadow magic of Netheril or whatever. Um, which I think is where your sword for Brixley Kazarwan was was a Netherese. Oh, ah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just there's all these ancient fucked up empires. That's and he's just like that's why it's the Forgotten Realms. Like when no one remembers it because like one dude tried to take control of the weave and untangled it, and magic didn't work for a hundred years. There's all this weird stuff out there that's just going on. So. I'm glad you're liking liking the realms. I have liked them since 3.5 because it was a section we didn't use, but I loved those 3.5 Forgotten Realm books. The they ones were beautiful. that printed, so the covers looked like they were like stitch bound and everything, yeah. and the pages um, too. Yeah, the the pages were done in a design style that made them look like aged parchment to a certain extent, and it was done um, in a in a a beautiful way like uh, as far as design is concerned like you can go too much very quickly when it comes to design and role-playing game books and this series of books managed to pull off that nice look without making it so distracting that your eyes were bugging out of your head so yeah just a like very well written set of books as well you know um but not like I read them extensively because I probably would have appreciated the realms after reading that, but they were beautiful books, you know? Yeah. And I, I did read, I don't say I read them extensively, but like, I want to do, I, in the back of my head, I have this whole idea for a shining South campaign. There's a, there's a country called Dambrath, I think, forgive, forgive me, uh, forgotten realms, lore heads who are listening. Uh, that's actually just probably you, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> if I got the name wrong. But there's this whole thing that like uh like the drow just marched out of the underdark one day and took over the country like took over the whole country and then the half drow sentry uh c-i-n-t-r-i uh are now like the rulers on the surface who just funnel wealth back to the the great drow city in the underdark below this country and it's just like i was like that's neat and weird and like the people mm-hmm. there were like expert horse breeders and like sort of like mongolian steppe cavalry people and they just got crushed and now they serve these this half drow ruling case and i was like It'd be fun to do a freedom fighter game mm-hmm. there you know um and then you know the players could be half drow is also cool yeah i still like the drow dude the drow are awesome i you know they have a really like disgusting kind of um aspect to their presentation right like there's a lot of um 
there's a lot of problematic issues around like saying like, well, the bad elves are dark skinned elves, right? Like, let's just call it for what it is. There's a whole episode of community where they play D and D and it's like the best episode in the whole fucking series. And you can't watch it because they bring this issue to light. Uh, and it got pulled off of Netflix, or at least it did the last time I was doing a, a watch through of community. Um, like so there's a lot of problematic bullshit around the drow the way they were created and presented but they evolved from that uh and and became like something that's has a very rich uh contribution to Dungeons and Dragons and right down to the um drow in Eberron which are their own kind of fucked up weird crazy you know it's like that's kind of the theme of the drow is like how can we do something super fucked up weird crazy <laughs> yeah yep mm -hmm. that's the one where i get it a little bit more okay I don't, i'm not gonna have that conversation because <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that okay right. cool baldur's gate go go play some oh yeah go get into the realms i know i did i can't believe i'm eating my words on this but i'm you look when i'm wrong i'm happy to admit it and i was wrong about forgotten realms so it happened. We did it, guys. Yay. <laughs> All right. So get like out there and get into every the Every other episode of this podcast, it's like, and Maddie's heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> I was a Grinch. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I was a, I was born a Grinch, and now I'm a human boy. Huzzah. All right. So after multiple restarts, basic Gary playthrough on Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, so I finished... You haven't finished the main Baldur's Gate 3 game, have you? I have not gotten to Act 2. <laughs> yeah. It's... It's ending sucks. <laughs> the ending sucks. And the ending sucks because... The whole game, they give you all of these options and you're you're put it, i've only finished it one time but one playthrough all the way through but i it was like i'm trying not to spoil it for you but it's like this could have easily been solved if somebody had just waited half a second to see let's see how this plays out you know and instead they're like nope i'm done i'm out see you later and then 10 seconds later, it's like that person would have uniquely suited to solve the problem we faced, you know, and uh, the ending was very depressing. I had romanced Lazelle all the way through and, you know, I eh, spoilers for Baldur's Gate three people. I went full illithid. I had to for the end of the storyline. I had to do it. I fought it the whole way through. I didn't use the tadpoles at all. And then I did it at the end. Had to. And then Lazelle was like, you disgust me. I can't be around you anymore. And I was like, okay. She's like, you remind me of everything my people hate. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go off on a crusade. You can't come. I'm like, I don't want to. You're an asshole, you know? So, I mean, it was true to character. It just depressed me. Anyway, second playthrough, basic Gary. Wait, 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 wait. Just hold on a second. Hold on. Because I feel like 
So mm-hmm. Lizelle is a githyanki mm-hmm. whose entire origin and unifying cultural aspect is that they were slaves of the mind flayers and they fucking hate them. Mm-hmm. Like it's their whole be- reason for being is riding dragons, silver swords, and mm-hmm. fucking up mind flayers. And so when you continuously used the mind flayer power you're upset that she was like yeah i want nothing to do with you yeah yeah okay i thought we had something stronger than that you know because when she started in on her bullshit i they gave me the option to say you know that's very insensitive of you lazelle and she said when have you ever known me to be sensitive and i was like remember when we watched the sun come up together and we were holding hands Remember that time where you told me that you wanted the egg from the crush and that they, they were mistreating it and that you asked me to help you like risk life and limb to get it for you. And I did like, remember saving your entire people, you know, like, I'm not saying that she has to end up with me. Like I get it. Like I now look exactly like everything she hates. Right. Yeah, but, and so so you're saying like I saved your whole people and you friend zoned me. That's what no, you're mad about. No, what I'm mad about is I didn't have to go full of lithid. I'm trying so hard not to spoil this. If you've finished this game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All right. I like I did not have to go full of lithid, but the game which left me numerous options at every other point leading up to this. And then in the final moment, the game is like, no, you it's i don't want to spoil it for you like this okay it's it's so difficult to like like if you make it to the end of this game you will see what i mean unless they patch it and fix it because it's so it's such it's such a fucking cop out because the guy the character is like i'm not doing this i'm out you're stuck now you have no choice and and it's like dude if you had just stuck around for 10 seconds like I wouldn't have to do this, you know? So that's the part I don't like. It was depressing to be treated that way uh, by Lazelle from a story perspective. Like I got super invested in the game and the storyline. It's like, you know, it's like imagine watching a great TV show. And at the end, these two characters who fell in love with each other, like we were watching the sun come up and Lazelle says to me, I didn't understand what the concept of love meant until right now you know and i'm like this i'm like this storyline is so good like this racist alien from another dimension (laughs) you know now admits that she is capable of love like there's a there's a certain kind of emotional connection i have to the story it's very beautiful you know and then for it all just to come screeching to a halt like if you're watching this show you'd be like god this is this is difficult you know, if this was the last episode of like a multi-seasonal TV show and the, these two characters you were rooting for to fall in love that everybody was shipping and they fell in love and, you know, and then at the end, she's like, you're everything I hate. I can't even bear to look at you. you like, I don't know. It, I'm sure there are people that are like, just get over it. It's a fucking computer game. But like at some point, computer games are going to do better at stories than movies and TV. And I've cried at the end of shows and movies before Star Wars Rebels being one of them, (laughs) you know, 
Yeah. It's brought me to tears. It's emotional. It's very well written. Like I I love a good story. So that I'm not pissed that they stayed true to the character. I'm pissed that I got put into that situation that I got railroaded into that situation. So basic Gary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've been so after that, I'm like, all right, I want to try it again. I want to see what's different. I want to make different choices. I want to play a more social oriented character. My main character for the first playthrough was a battle hardened old dwarf woman who had spent her entire life on the front front lines of military campaigns. And then her, her form of retirement was seeing what the world was like before she, before she died. That was my character that fell in love with Lazel. And uh, so the second time I'm like, I'm going to play a bard-like character. And for some reason, I made a character named Basic Gary. And he (laughs) is balding and has a little mustache and has a really weird look on his face. And I kept him in casual mode and gave him that purple velour pajamas that Gail is wearing. So he's just like running around the game like (laughs) that. Uh, And it was hilarious. The only problem was as a, he was a terrible social character because like we get, we would get in into a fight every single time. I'm like, I'm trying to talk my way through the goblin camp. Great. Now they're all dead. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've tried to convince these Kuotoa that I'm the real God. Great. Now they're all dead. You know what I mean? Like every, every time it came up, I was like, all right, cool. So well, instead ba- of talking, ba- we're is a jealous God. So, yeah, well, basic Gary was a little too basic, so I had to start <laughs> over. So my second play, my my second attempt at a playthrough is now a um, one level of rogue, two levels of druid, and the rest of them I think are going to be ranger, which I've been su- enjoying very much. Very social character. Basic Gary, no more, deleted. Oh. Poor basic Gary. We hardly knew him because mm-hmm. yeah. he was really hard to get to know because he was not charming. He was just no. really. Yeah. That's that's the ironic thing is I went to go make a social character and then thought it'd be funny to make the most boring. I wanted to make somebody who seemed like he just got swept up in the adventure and was kind of bumbling his way from point A to point B. And it kind of worked just a little too well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it just fucking rolled like shit on all of his fucking social checks. And then the rest of the group was like, all right, basic Gary, I guess we have to murder all these goblins because you can't do your part. You know, that's next, by the way, for tomorrow. I think we're going to go murder all the goblins. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm going to be around for that part because yeah. I, I love murdering me some goblins in Baldur's Gate 3. Well, you know, Roscoe seems intent on it, and, you know... Yeah. Egbert just wants to jump around in Divine Smite, so... Periodically breathe fire, as a gold dragonborn does. My dragon paladin's name is Egbert. Thank you. Thank you.